Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey Mets fans, welcome to Amazing Avenue in Conversation. My name is Brian Salvatore, and I'm joined today on the podcast by ESPN broadcaster Dave Fleming. The Mets and the Dodgers are playing tomorrow, Memorial Day, in the evening on ESPN. And so ahead of that broadcast, Dave joined me to talk about calling baseball games for teams that are good and teams that are bad, what he thinks the Mets have going for them, and why baseball announcers can be so damn cranky. Enjoy. I am joined on the podcast this evening by Mr. Dave Fleming. Dave is one of the voices of the San Francisco Giants. He is also one of the voices of Monday Night Baseball on ESPN, which tomorrow, at time of this recording, will be featuring a marquee matchup, the New York Mets versus the Los Angeles Dodgers, featuring Jacob deGrom versus Clayton Kershaw. So, Dave, thank you for being here. Uh, You just called the Giants game this afternoon, correct? I did, and it always presents an interesting uh, challenge. Eh, challenge might be the wrong word, but scenario, at least for our Giants fans, when I pop up on ESPN doing a Dodgers game, that <laughs> doesn't always make all of them, doesn't always make all of them all that happy. I definitely understand that. Uh, before we get to the game in particular, I kind of want to talk about what you just talked about. You know, being the daily voice of a baseball team means that you have to be totally immersed in Giants culture. How different is it for you to prepare for a Monday night game with, you know, two teams that you obviously you know, keep tabs on, but teams that you're not as immersed with versus what you're doing on a day-to-day basis for the Giants? Yeah, it's very different. As a local baseball broadcaster, you, I, don't, I don't want to say you don't prepare, but because you do, and we read all the stuff that's going on around the team and talk to the manager and talk to the players and and we aren't totally immersed in it. But but the preparation for every game when you're doing a local broadcast 
is the game before and all the games before. I mean, that's you know, that's most of the job is you're tracking the arc of the season. You're telling the story of the whole year. And uh, with a national game, it's obviously much different than that. I haven't seen the Dodgers in several weeks. I haven't seen the Mets all year in person. So I have to do a little bit more to make sure that I know what the arc of the season has been, what the main story, you know, I don't, I just don't want to show up and sound like somebody who hasn't followed these teams because Mets fans, Dodgers fans who have been following their team very closely, they'll think I'm an idiot. If I, you know, don't mention something that happened a few days ago, that's obvious to them that I miss. So that's my main stress when I'm doing a national game is just to get up to speed on that kind of stuff. So because you are getting up to speed on the Mets, and this is, you know, a Mets podcast, what to you in your preparation has been interesting thus far about the Mets season? Well, <laughs> there has been a lot that's been interesting about it. I'm not sure a lot of that has been positive. Uh, and some of it stems just simply from all of the offseason changes and the idea of have those changes worked? Uh, was the approach that Brody and the leadership took in making the Cano-Diaz trade, giving up uh, some young prospects, uh, loading up uh, with some extra veteran players, trying to fill in depth that way, leaning hard on the top starters, one of whom we're going to see on Memorial Day night in uh, DeGrom, without you know necessarily a lot of depth behind those uh, top starters. How have those things played out? Memorial Day, one thing about this particular game is, at least in the history of baseball, Memorial Day is a very traditional marking post to decide, okay, we're two-thirds, we're we're a third of the way in, two months in. Uh, How's it looking? Do we have the right idea? What changes, what strengths, what weaknesses are we looking at? And I think the Mets have a lot of fascinating strengths and weaknesses uh, the great performance by Alonzo. Where does he stack up against the other rookies? Rookies, to me, are a big storyline across baseball, the National League in particular. You know, there are a lot of good young players in the National League, and Alonzo is near the top of that list. DeGrom's up-and-down ride. Great start, uh, not-so-great middle. What's the deal with the catcher situation with DeGrom? Like, that's all stuff that your fans know about and are following day-to-day. But it makes, to me, it makes for juicy uh, national broadcast fodder because there's so many storylines where you can all, you can have a baseball debate in the middle of the telecast talking about all that stuff. Yeah, and I think that you're right that the Mets season has been really fascinating so far. It's it's you know I don't know how aware people outside of the sort of tri-state area here are of this, but the Mets the, there's this just feeling that the Mets over the last gosh, 25 years or so have been a cursed franchise that, you know, things go right, but then they crash down. And I think sometimes we get mired in that mindset that everything's going to be bad. There is no hope, you know, abandon all hope ye who enter here as Mets fans. But, you know, it's refreshing to hear that, that you see some of that too, that, you know, that you see that there are some real problems happening, that it's not just the fan base being uh, overly, you know, emotional about, decisions or overly contentious with ownership but that you know looking at this team from an outsider's perspective that you do see that there are some there are some potential pitfalls there but also some potentially really good things I I think that's refreshing for a Mets fan to hear yeah for sure I mean I think we I, I think that's how I see it I I you know for years I have seen the Mets as a 
big market franchise acting like a small market franchise, which was, you know, frustrating in its own way. Uh, but also, you know, this last off season, at least there was the idea to me of, all right, maybe now that's changing. Maybe they're going to be a little bit more aggressive. Maybe they're going to try to leverage the fact that they are a huge market team and should act like it and have a great ballpark and a great fan base. And can you use those resources to help you bolster your team? Plus, you know, I think part of the frustration as an outsider has been, God, you have, you have all this starting pitching and I know Harvey's gone, but you still have Syndergaard and DeGrom and some of the big stars and you're not taking advantage of that. I mean, this should be an era of Mets baseball sort of defined by those guys. And why aren't you taking advantage of that? Uh, So, you know, as an outsider, that's been my take over the last few years. I would say what the, the, the big takeaway now is, is okay. So you've decided you're going to be more aggressive or at least aggressive in a different way. Okay, great. Uh, But, how is it that that decision hinges on doing things that it seems like all of the smart teams around baseball are not doing? And that is kind of going old and doubling down on Robinson Cano. And how was that a good idea? And, uh, you know, signing veteran players when everybody else is trying to go younger and going with a top heavy roster when everybody else, most especially the Dodgers is, is desperately trying for, flexibility and depth and using the full 40 man roster. The Mets just seem so top heavy now. So it's like, okay, are they zigging when everybody is zagging or are they stuck in an era of baseball that uh, right now is not looking like it's the right way to build the team. And those are hard questions. You know, those are hard questions to answer in two months of baseball, but I think those are the questions that are sitting there. Yeah. And what's especially interesting about that perspective is that, you would think that Brody Van Wagenen, who was a an agent and a very good agent for a very long time, would would be up on maybe some of the more um, analytical insights into baseball because of his need to sell his clients. So, you know, for years he had to know what stats to present to ownership to say, listen, you know, you want this guy because he does X, Y, and Z that, you know, other people aren't as aware of. You, he, he had to be a salesman. And yet when it came to putting together his own team, it seemed like he was using a lot of sort of old school, I don't want to say metrics, is that the right word, but just an old school approach to putting together a team. And so I think, I think you're right in a lot of ways. It is, it's been a fascinating season thus far. Now, well, yeah, and, and, you know, Brody is a smart guy, and it's not like he's not aware of all that stuff. And you bring in, you know, somebody that I like a lot, Adam Gutridge, to be one of his top assistants, super smart guy uh, who is totally on top of all that kind of stuff, and yet they haven't behaved in that way. I, I find that interesting. Adam was actually on this podcast three days ago. So, well, are, he's, you know, you got a you got a really good asset in your front office in Adam. He's he knows what he's doing. Uh, and yet, <laughs> you know, I do think those questions are hanging over the Mets right now, because it's not only that you, you know, you made the decision to kind of do it that way, but you're committed to some of these guys now for a while. So takes away some of that flexibility that every other team is desperate for these days. Yeah, exactly. Now, as as somebody who isn't watching every Met game, what do you think about Pete Alonso so far? Because you mentioned him before, you know he is he's one of the big stories of the season. What what do you take away from him 
you know, two months into his young career. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to dump cold water on it because I think Pete Alonso is going to have a really good big league career, and you have a good player on your hands. I mean, there, I, to me, there's no doubt about that. But, uh, you know, when you're not a great defensive player, when your profile is just at that position and it's all about the power, uh, you know, you really have to you really have to tap into that power to be a good player. And I think he's going to do it and continue to do it. But you're already seeing, you know, the league make some adjustments to Pete, and uh, it's going to be up to him to – he seems to be making those counter-adjustments too. But the league figures you out. I mean, that's one thing that just never, ever changes in this sport, where the first – however long it is, however many at-bats, however many innings pitched, if we're talking about a pitcher, the league starts to figure out your weaknesses, and they try to exploit them. And, uh, and that's the big challenge for him. He's going to be, he's not going to be a perfect player. He just isn't, you know, he's not going to be a great base runner and a great defender, but if you have that kind of power, game changing power, there is a spot for you to be an impact guy. And that, and I think he does. And I, you know, in, uh, in today's game, you have to keep up with the power game and the Mets had fallen behind in that regard too. And he's caught him a lot, you know, he's done a lot of the catching up just by himself so I love watching him very exciting he's going to be hugely popular you know he seems like just a great kid who's got a great attitude and a backstory and all that stuff uh you know but I just would you know I would caution Mets fans that uh you know the superstar stuff there's a long way to go till we get to that point this podcast is sponsored by Ramp are you the decision maker in your company consider this For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You've said a couple of things I find really fascinating, and I'm going to make a presumption about you as a baseball fan. Tell me if I'm wrong here. But it seems to me like you're a baseball fan who, who puts a fair amount of emphasis on things like analytics and the more um, maybe cerebral aspects of the game. Would you say that's, that's a fair assessment? I think that's fair. I think I don't, you know, I don't always include those in the way that I broadcast a game. 
Uh, I don't always emphasize that kind of stuff when I'm calling a game because I think there are two separate things, like being a fan, following the sport, analyzing players, figuring out who's good and who's not good, comma, and then there's also calling a game as a play-by-play guy, but I definitely use that stuff in the way that I evaluate players and who's good and who's not good. And, uh, and I find it impossible to believe that you could do otherwise these days because the game has just become, and I'm, this is not judgmental, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but the game has become consumed by that. So if I don't pay attention to that stuff and am not well-versed in it, then I'm, I'm not, I, 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 don't, I don't have a clue what's going on because that's the sport right now. Do you think that makes you an anomaly among uh baseball announcers because i have to say you know the mets have a fantastic broadcast crew in gary cohen keith hernandez ron darling howie rose on the radio we have great broadcasters do not take this as an indictment against them but there is there is this very quick knee-jerk reaction to analytics that they sometimes show and that's not unique to them i watch a lot of baseball and you see this around the league there's the announcers really rejecting analytics as as the real measure, it's all you don't know. No, the eye test is the most important thing, and all of that. So, do you find that you are in the minority of announcers at this point who are more open uh, to that? Yeah, good question. I don't know if I'm in the minority. I do think there exists a lot of what you're talking about. Uh, baseball and baseball broadcasting are so steeped into tradition and the rhythms of the game and how the game has always been talked about, and that baseball language that everybody is so hesitant to change because that's the way we all grew up talking about the game and sharing it with our family members and friends. And that, you know, it can be uncomfortable to think that we're tossing a lot of that stuff out and we're talking about the game in almost like a whole new language. Uh, And yet I just, I find it hard to be a fan and not be excited about all the different ways that we can understand how the sport is played. I mean, I find it really interesting and I, it's fun to challenge my own assumptions. It's fun for me to uh, question what I think about the game and have for many, many years. Uh, like, why would I continue beating my head against the wall if I was wrong about something? I mean, I think, I think so many things have been challenged in a good way that it's exciting for me to look at the game in a different way. And it does bug me. It bugs me that, that the baseball broadcasts have not – adapted a little more quickly in this way we are there's no sport that's better at denigrating itself than baseball like why is it that all of us as a group collectively seem to just like we just can't help ourselves oh the game has changed and it's you know now we don't get to see the hit and run and uh the ball's not in play anymore and uh you know the, the like blah 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 well who I, you know, I, I have to say it never like totally thrilled me to see a ground ball to second base. Like the <laughs> fact that we're getting a few more strikeouts and a few less of that and some more home runs, like this idea that the home run is taken over. Yeah. Well, that's bad. Like Mets fans aren't enjoying watching Pete Alonzo hit a bunch of home runs, uh, home runs fans, I think love home runs. And, you know, as announcers now we're just like, as a group, we're like poo-pooing all that, and that to me is just wrong, and it's it's damaging to the game. Uh, yeah, there are some things I would change about the sport. There's some things about modern baseball that I think need to be uh, tweaked, but I also think as a group, baseball announcers are doing a terrible job 
of selling the game. And all this new stuff, to me, often can make the game seem more exciting, not less. So why are we presenting it that way? It's a good question. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, I, I'm i not a huge football guy, but I watched a number of games that Tony Romo called this year. And I just loved watching. I love listening to somebody who clearly loves football, talking about football in the analyst's chair. And a lot of times, analysts for baseball, and maybe it's because a lot of them are former players who played 20, 30 years ago, a lot of times they fall back on the, well, that's not the right way to do this. That's not how I would have done it. And instead of saying, oh, well, that's different and unique, it comes off as as taking it the opposite way. And I, I think you're right, and I hope that baseball can address that because I think that for a young fan watching the game, if you if you're just watching the game with the broadcast that's given to you, you might think that baseball is not as good as it once was. And when we have Mike Trout playing baseball, I don't know how you can think baseball is not as good as it once was. I totally agree. And uh, my kids who are uh, 13, I have two 13 year olds and a nine year old and they watch baseball and they love the young guys and they love the stat cast metrics and they love the exit velocity and they love the home run and they like the game uh, and they like the exciting new stuff that we talk about. Uh, and so the idea that, yeah, we do have some more strikeouts and the ball's not in play quite as much and starters aren't going as deep into games, uh, but they seem to really be enjoying the way that baseball is played. And I don't know why it is that we have such a hard time selling that. And I, you know, not to go on another tangent, but <laughs> for years, I thought for years, I thought play by play guys were the main culprit where, you know, we're, we're going into LA tomorrow night, the home of the great Vin Scully, Vin, made a game come to life with all the personal anecdotes and nobody did it better than Vin and Vin told stories about players and their personalities and their backgrounds and whatnot. Vin did it and Vin did it great. The rest of us trying to do games that way to me, put everybody to sleep. Like I, uh, I don't care that much about where a guy went to junior college and then he, you know, is uh, he played uh, this sport and uh, like, I, I, like I think play-by-play -play broadcasting for years was way too focused on like filling the time as opposed to, Hey, there's a pitcher, there's a hitter, there's a game plan. What's the pitcher trying to attack the hitter with? Where's the defense playing all the stuff that makes baseball more like football. If you look at it that way, like the pitch is an important action, not something just to be talked over and rambled over and blown off even if the pit, even if the ball isn't put in play there's lots of stuff going on now it's almost like okay we've solved some of that problem and now our analysts uh to some degree are are the issue of them you know denigrating the way the game is played and 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 scoffing at the new way that baseball is being played and i just like i i would love to ask a lot of those guys so the teams that have most embraced change and questioning convention and doing things differently, those teams are the Dodgers, the Astros, the Yankees, the Rays, the Cubs. I mean, th those are the teams that are winning at the highest level easily. It's working. Those teams are doing – like, how can you question it? What, what, what are you talking about? And, uh, 
And that is a hard question, I think, for a lot of those guys to answer, who I love and I understand their attachment to the way the game was played when they were players. Uh, but we need to we need to catch up with the times in a lot of ways. Well, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I just have two more questions for you. The first one is, is a general broadcast question, which is that you've been with the Giants now through some of the best periods in the Giants' San Francisco history, certainly, but overall franchise history. You've also been there for some lean years. And as a broadcaster going to the ballpark every day, it seems like it has to be more fun going when they're winning. So how do you keep it fresh for you during a, a rough season? Way more fun when the team is doing well and winning. Way more fun. Uh, I keep it fresh in two ways. Number one, the great thing about baseball, which you know can be, can be bad when you're really going bad. But the great thing is every day is a new day. You start fresh. And it's not like when you're a team that's struggling, you never beat a good team. Uh, I won't ramble on about this, but a few years ago, Kevin Durant was in the booth with us. And Kevin's not a big baseball fan. Uh, but it was before the game. It wasn't on the air. We were just chit-chatting. And, uh, and Kevin was asking about the team. And the Giants at that point had a really good record. And we were playing somebody that had a really bad record. And the basketball perspective, Kevin was like, well, this will be a blowout today, huh? Cause he was just looking at the records and in the right. NBA, that's how it goes. The bad teams, you know, the Knicks did not beat the good teams this year ever. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know, the Knicks were not going to beat the Warriors. Uh, and that's, that was his perspective in baseball. We get the opposite in a lot of ways. The bad teams can beat the good teams any given day. And, and that does keep it fresh where you can start new every day uh, the other thing that really makes it fun is when, even if you're struggling, when you have young guys, and that's where the Giants, you know, right now struggling without the young future, uh, you know, uh, cornerstone players in place, that's harder as a broadcaster. The youth, even if you're losing, if you start to see the plan coming together, you see those new guys making their debuts, learning the game at this level. That I get a kick out of every time without exception, and that makes it fun when you're seeing that next wave of stars start to develop. And my last question for you is when Mets fans take a trip to San Francisco, which they all should, and they go to the ballpark, what's the one thing they have to eat there? And don't say garlic fries. We know about the garlic fries. What's the other thing we should get when we're at the ballpark? Yeah, there's lots of good stuff. So, But I would say the other thing that you should get if you're coming for the first time is the, uh, the they, I think the Giants call it the crazy crab sandwich. So it's Dungeness crab, which you all get East Coast crabs living in New York. We get Dungeness crabs out West, and it's a different tasting crab, and they toast a piece of sourdough and melt. Uh, you know, warm it up with uh, like some uh, tomatoes on top and uh, buttery and the crazy crab sandwich is really, really good. And then just for the ultimate gut bomb, you finish it off with a Ghirardelli hot fudge sundae, the Ghirardelli <laughs> chocolate factory in San Francisco. And then you've had a good night at the ballpark. So, Dave, where can folks uh, see you and listen to you uh, broadcast? Are you online? What do you want people to know? Where should they be going to find out more about you? Yeah, well, uh, you know, depending on when people listen to this, our, you know, 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, our Memorial Day holiday game, people in New York can watch us on ESPN, although I get the fact that Mets fans want to watch Gary and the gang because you all do. You all are spoiled. You have great <laughs> local announcers. But uh, 
for the Memorial Day holiday on ESPN. I do a lot of the Monday and midweek uh, games for ESPN. And then check us out. I, 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 so I'll do this game, and then I go join the Giants on the road. And next week I will be in New York broadcasting uh, Giants-Mets games. So turn off Howie and the guys <laughs> for a few days and get the Giants perspective when we're in New York. Use the app and, uh, and listen to the Giants broadcast. Thanks again to Dave for coming on the show. Please check him out on the broadcast tomorrow night. Or if you happen to be an MLB.TV subscriber, throw on a Giants game every now and then and take a listen to his dulcet tones calling the games. He's really a great announcer. And as you can tell by the interview, a really thoughtful guy. And I really appreciate him taking the time to come on the show. You can find this and all of our podcasts and all of our other content at AmazingAvenue.com. Please go there. Check out what we're working on. We're doing lots of good stuff. You can also follow the site on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can find me at Brian is an app. You can find this show on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, you can find us. And we should be back at the end of the week with another in conversation with a really special fun guest that I am very excited about and kind of can't believe we got for a lot of reasons, which we'll go into on the show. And so until next time, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.